music sounds good. Welcome back to episode 31, you hungry, starved listeners. I am back. The boys are back in town. We just the got boys back. Are back in town. Calm down from our vacation. Um, <laughs> John and I were at least gone on vacation. Sterling, I think, was just. I was on a staycation. We don't all have the same money as potential doctors and. I actually don't know what your job title is, but <laughs> I don't whatever Grant does. I mean, I, I wasn't vacationing. I was working while I was abroad because I can work from anywhere. So. I was bumming while my wife was doing her PhD in Scotland. So, yeah, it was just... A, Must be nice. Must it be was nice. nice. I was just oh. a tag along. And, uh, you know, got to experience Scotland a little bit, oh, which was very relaxing and very nice. Um and you boys filled out uh, for us. Did you witness a bottling in Scotland? A what? A bottling. A bottling. You ever heard of a bottling? <laughs> no. Nope. So when you smash a bottle on a table ledge or something and then stab something with it. <laughs> I don't. They just, call it, that just sounds like a stabbing. No, but they call it a <laughs> bottling in Scotland. Okay. Yeah. I did not experience that. <laughs> but I did see a haggis over there. Those mm. things are pretty crazy looking. You saw Delicious. one or you ate one? Saw a haggis? <laughs> I saw one. Yeah. Don't you guys know about them? You just, yeah. <laughs> they're like longer. They're like, they had like half their body or half their legs are longer than the other half. That's why they only run around in circles. Wait, what the hell are you talking about? You haggis? guys have never heard of a haggis? Haggis is food. Haggis is food, bud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's how they troll people. They tell people that the haggis is a real thing. <laughs> so we saw we saw what people say it looked like in a museum. That's and like, it's a really gross rodent looking like thing. But anyway, that's like people in uh, Australia. They're like, oh, when you go into the forest, be careful it drop bears. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, I'm sure our listeners are here not for that kind of talk. Where they're here for hockey talk. Nope, right, boys. Wrong. And um, yeah, that was uh, that was a great Vancouver Canucks and uh, Montreal Canadiens episode you guys released last. Uh, You're welcome. Um, I mean, we had a good time. Yeah, I mean, yeah, a lot of stuff. Like yeah, yeah, but mainly Vancouver and 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 Montreal. After you guys yeah. give me so much flack for talking about the Flames, but see, Vancouver made a lot of news, so it was worth. I mean, I guess it's not like. Giordano scored his hat trick or something. Oh my god! No, but Giordano won a Norris. What did Vancouver win? Uh, best rookie. I mean, should have gone to Bennington. <laughs> <laughs> I got you, bitch. <laughs> should have gone to Bennington. Why? Because he was the best rookie goaltender. Yeah, and he only played half a season. Let's not get into he, this. Yeah, thing, rock bottom by oh, right. Yeah, let's let's let's, let's, not, <laughs> let's not bring this up. I guess we won't go down that rabbit hole. Even though he did win his his team a Stanley Cup, and the St. Louis Blues were only competitive when he was uh, on the team. Excuse me, but they vote on those before the Stanley Cup playoffs. That's why it looks different. That's also why it's ridiculous. <gasps> no, it's not. It's for the season. You're supposed to vote best player of the season, the season, top rookie of the season, because season. if you don't do that, then it's going to be skewed by the playoffs, a la what you're doing with Bennington. He was still good. Yeah. Like you not saying he wasn't that. good. He deserved yeah. it. I'm not saying that at all. Yeah. Never. I mean, if he, if, he was, if he was that good, he probably would have won a Smythe, wouldn't he have? 
<laughs> yeah. Oh shit. <laughs> O'Reilly I mean, got it though. He deserved it. I would have given it to him, but O'Reilly winning was good too. <laughs> anyway. You got a Stanley Cup. That's all that matters. Exactly. So did Michael Del Zotto. Did you guys know that? <laughs> Michael Del Zotto's got a Stanley Cup ring, I think. What? Was he, he on day with... Yeah, Yeah, exactly. He got traded, and I don't think he ever played, or he played like <laughs> the bare minimum amount of games to get some kind of credit. Because he had a I mean, day that with... happens. If he played one game in the playoffs, I'd be happy for him. But he didn't. And it's like... <laughs> I don't know. It's like, how could you give... How... How how would you feel taking credit for that? Like at least the backup goalie is there for emergencies, and they usually like filled in or something at some point in the playoffs. I mean, yeah. he's got a Stanley Cup ring. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. I don't know how I'd feel about that. Was that Patrick Waugh statement? Sorry, I can't hear you with all the rings <laughs> filling my ears. With all the yeah, with all the rings in my ears. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the cup rings. I didn't yeah. do anything wrong. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> You just have that up now, don't you? Yeah, I'm looking for something. It's part of his daily life. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I joke around sometimes with it. Um, so should we talk about the most recent news? Just so we yeah. can somewhat relevant. We'll yeah. So, Grant, uh, I have a question. Tell me how that's a good deal for you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I've had a couple days. I've had a couple days to reconcile with it. With what? Um, what happened? Still, what happened? I'm still upset. How does the square fit in a triangle? Um, So basically, we're talking about the swap between the Edmonton Oilers and the Calgary Flames. What? The immovable object. James Neal. Immovable contract, I should say, um, has been moved. Milan Lucic is going to the Calgary Flames in exchange for, along with a conditional third round pick. Fourth round pick? Um, In exchange for james neal which is basically a one for one um do you know the condition on that there's a pick involved yeah so the condition for that is like you have to score more goals or something so james neal has to score at least 20 goals Mm -hmm. and has to have scored 10 more than lucic for a third round to go the other way Mm -hmm. otherwise nothing goes back exactly yeah. And uh, Edmonton retains 750000 of Lucic's salary. So mm-hmm. in the swap, Calgary saves about a half mil of cap space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Edmonton is paying Neil 6.5, I believe. Yeah, if you add them together. Yeah. To, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this is a great trade for the Oilers. What a coup by Ken Holland to to finally get that top six winger that the Oilers have so sorely needed. Um, James Neal is going to go off next year. Grant, yeah. are you saying that the Edmonton Oilers won, like actually won a one for one trade? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's bound to happen. It was just unfortunate <laughs> that it happened <laughs> at the expense Calgary? of the Calgary Flames. <laughs> but, you know, we, we to be honest, we don't know how this is going to work out for either team. Um, if Neil can't skate, if he skates the way he was skating last year, uh, he's not going to make much of a difference playing with the speedy McDavid, Dreisaitl, and Nugent Hopkins. 
Um, but if he can keep up with them, boy, look out. He's going to be a 30-goal scorer for sure. In my opinion, the Flames handed the Edmonton Oilers a playoff berth next year by trading Neil to them. Uh, and, you know, it, it really depends on how Lucic does. If he can find his form uh, coming back the other way, if he can get 40 points, I'd consider that even keel um, in terms of, like, you know, both teams winning. Uh, just because, you know, like, both players were underperforming and both teams are just hoping that a change of scenery will be able to uh, revitalize and rejuvenate their careers. I think that Lucic playing on the third line is going to help the Calgary Flames because they're getting that kind of grit and, um, you know, the toughness that they so sorely missed. And, you know, watching the playoffs, especially the last two teams that were in it, the Blues and the Bruins, you could see that physicality is still a big, big part of the game, especially in the playoffs. It's definitely um, two different styles of play. And with Lucic around, hopefully that means players will less will be less likely to less willing to take you know open shots at Johnny Gaudreau's hands, uh, and it allows it'll hopefully allow the rest of the players to play their game without having to worry about you know uh, the physicality side of it because Lucic is going to be there. But you know, I I'm mainly upset that we gave up on James Neal too early. Actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quote a score article here. This is an article by Josh Wegman from The Score. Um, this is the end of the article. He says, in a new season, Neil could have conceivably scored at a 20-goal pace and become a contributor for the Flames, or at, least very, or at the very least raised his own value. Instead, Treliving sold Neil at the lowest point in his career without giving him a chance of redemption. In return, he acquired a worse player with a similar cap hit who will eventually be much tougher to buy out. Due to the bonus-heavy structure of his deal, not ideal for a team in a legitimate Stanley Cup window. So, um, if Lucic doesn't work out, he's going to be an anchor for this team, and <laughs> they need all the cap space that they can get, especially when they still haven't signed Matthew Kachuk. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm I mean, sure he, made, he made he made more cap space in the deal. Very little. <laughs> they could have it's just now he now he now he can't like he, he could have gotten more cap space by buying that con- neil contract out but yeah and you can't buy lucic's out no get anywhere near the cap space no you can after i think his buyout is something like five million this year three million the next year and then um like five hundred thousand over several years or something yeah, like that neil's but is like yeah. three then one then it gets even lower yeah, well, it's three and then one point nine consistent until the end of the whatever contract is. Yeah, um, but Neil's is just easier to buy out. Yeah, yeah. Do you guys know if um, since Lucic waived his no movement to come to Calgary, does he still have that in his contract, or yes, is it he just does. gone? No, he still it's still there. It. Yeah. So get ready for. Uh... So like they can't even expose him to Seattle. No, he's a he's <laughs> he's a locked in roster player. Yeah, yeah. He's one. Of you, he's you're protecting him. Yeah, and against yeah. Seattle, unless he <laughs> see that, unless he agrees to waive it, that just baffles me. Because like, <laughs> why? Like we talked about this on Twitter, right? Just what do you say? He's a locked-in player. <laughs> I I haven't been this shook 
my confidence in a general manager has not been this shook since the day that Bergevin traded Subban for, for Weber. That was pretty upsetting. <laughs> and I trusted Trelliving, and I, I mean, I still do trust him, but like, cause he's throughout history, he's made some pretty good deals. The Lindholm and Hannafin deal being one of them. But uh, yeah, this, this one's just baffling. I, I don't, I don't really understand it. I mean, Luch is going to bring some good intangibles, his physicality. Um, hopefully he's still got game. And, you know, I read an article about his, his um, like what his thoughts were on the trade. And he basically said that, you know, it didn't work out in Edmonton mainly because I was trying to be too much. Like it wasn't blaming anybody there. Um, it was just saying like, I, I put too much pressure on myself. I tried to put on, uh, to be more than I am. Um, so hopefully being on a third line role, uh, with like, you know, more limited ice time, he can kind of get back to his Boston days. Because if we get Boston Lucic, then I think it's a win for both sides. I think the game has passed him by. I don't think you're going to see a Boston Lucic. I think it's too fast for him. too many bad years in a row to think he's just going to turn around. I mean, it's not even, it hasn't even been that bad. Like last year, yeah, he only scored six goals. Last year was bad. Last year was his worst year for sure. But year before was bad. Year before was kind of bad. His first year in Edmonton was still okay. He had, he had it was 50, still a 50 points. I mean, 50 points is good. 23 50 goals. points is good. I mean, if you can get 15 goals from him and get him back up well, that, to 35 to 40 how, points. How is he going to yeah. get that on Calgary? Like, he won't get the ice time. He had ice time with, like, oh, Dreisaitl that's, that's and McDavid. It never worked out. So he was just buried in the fourth line. Calgary has way more forwards. They couldn't even put James Neal in top six roles, so how, why are they going to find room for Luke? They're not, though. That's why they made the trade. But, yeah, I, I don't really I, understand why they're bringing I get why back that they're just going to bury. Might, I get why they might think, oh, okay, maybe we can find a use for him in a bottom six role where James Neal doesn't have that use. But still, like, what if you kept James Neal... He had somewhat of a bounce back here and you could re- trade him and retain a million of his salary or something or whatever, whatever the buyout number is like structured that way. So you're still getting rid of the player somewhere and getting something for him, but you're retaining something to make him more valuable. I mean, the, and know, if it they doesn't did, work out, they did trade him and got Milan Lucic for him. <laughs> I would have liked, I mean, not that. Okay. So I, I like my space and a draft pick. I like I like Michael Felix's game uh, as a defensive specialist, and he's shown some marvelous uh, chemistry with Backlund and Kachuk. But he's not a second line winger. I no. would have liked us. I would have liked to see us move Froelich and then put Neil on that second line to see what he would have done in the second year of his contract there before giving up on him completely and bringing Lucic back. But, I mean, a third line of Jankowski, Sam Bennett, and Milan Lucic isn't the greatest. Because, like, Janko it's gritty. doesn't pass much. <laughs> yeah, Bennett is going to bang. Lucic is going to bang. But, like, who's going to pass there? There's no playmakers. People say that Lucic is a good, has good hands, but, <laughs> like, in terms of passing. But I don't know, man. It's... <sighs> 
the only positive out of this is that hopefully it means that people will take less wax at Goudreau and Monaghan. Um, the, the problem I have with that is he's not on the ice when they're on the ice. So whack away because he won't be around the ice to come immediately come get you. And if he comes at you when you know, you've know you made like a shift change or something, it's going to be like straight up penalty to do that instead of like a reaction to something. And people took liberties all the time with Connor McDavid. Yeah. And Lucci didn't really stop him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. I don't know, man. It's it's a head scratcher for sure. Uh, I do like the character that that Lucic brings. Um, I like the the grit, the physicality. Uh, but this this is just a loss for me. Until you know, we won't know until all said and done when the dust settles next year before the playoffs. So we'll see how it goes, man. Like. Flames did need; they were lacking um, truculence, <laughs> uh, and now that Garnet Hathaway signed a free agent deal with the Washington Capitals, they were definitely missing that that kind of hole. Uh, and it, it is still a part of the game, and you know, hopefully, Aginla is right in in saying that he can see. Lucic refinding, like finding his his game from his Boston days by playing in Calgary, because um, there's going to be less pressure on him. Um, so yeah, I mean that's the other thing is with this trade is like both these guys get a brand new start in a new city. Um, they get, I mean, they, they seem pretty excited about it. Um, they like mm-hmm. they like how the teams are kind of structured. Um, like James Neal has been has been working uh, all off season with Connor McDavid. Um, so you can expect him like he's hungry and he's ready to go. Um, yeah. So that's, I mean, that's going to be, even if he's not on, I think they're going to try, they're going to try him with McDavid, but. Oh, for sure. They're going to do yeah, it. Yeah. Just to see. He doesn't it, even really need to move. He just needs to. He just needs to, yeah, ice. needs to be there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He just needs to find open ice and release that, that lethal shot. Yeah. Um, but, so like I'm, know, I'm excited I, I, for both these guys just having a new kind of new lease on their careers. Yeah, on the back the back yeah, end of their careers do. anyway. Yeah, yeah. I've said this before. I've always liked Lucic as a person, um, <laughs> except for except for when he refused to shake Dalewis's hand. <laughs> oh yeah, that was. I mean, yeah, that was pretty messed up. It's the only that time was the, of the moment. Yeah, the only time I had a problem with Lucic. Yeah, right after the game. That's that's tough, <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah yeah you're right. That's the only tarnish on his on his. <laughs> um, other than that, he's he's from what I, like I've never met the guy obviously, but from what I hear, he's just um, a great leader. Uh, and from what I've seen in interviews, he's very intelligent. Um, like he knows the game well, and he doesn't just give you those you know, generic hockey answers. He actually knows what's going on in the game and he knows what needs to change. Um, he just, you know, <laughs> I guess doesn't have the skill to do it. Maybe. Um, it could be worse. You guys could have, I don't know, Corey Perry on your third line. Or Louis Erickson, I suppose. <laughs> That's also true. Louis Erickson got more points. <laughs> so, and he can play defensively. So, <laughs> And he's got one less year on his deal. Yeah. That's so good. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Vancouver fans are so relieved. <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah, I, I I don't I really don't really have anything else to say about that cuz I am excited to see him. Uh, Do you want to talk about another signing? Play on the team. But yeah. Is that all you guys have on on this trade? I mean, I think you covered it yeah, pretty thoroughly, extensively. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the sadness we should have played the sad music the whole time <laughs> Grant and now they have Lucic for four more years I just want to let you know that although things seem a little down right now there's always the time when Lucic's contract will be over. Alright, nobody wants to hear this. <laughs> so as you all know, John is running the show today. So that's why it's a little off kilter. Wow. Jesus. <laughs> Put the sword away. I think he's doing a great job. Don't worry about it, John. Thanks, bud. You are doing a wonderful job. Sterling's always got my back. Do you guys want to talk about something? You want to talk about Vancouver and Montreal, Sterling? <laughs> I actually wanted to talk about New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, definitely. What do you guys think of the Truba deal? Because I don't like it. Um, I understand it. I don't like it. I get it. <laughs> it's steep. It's a little steep. Eight it's mil. A lot of money. Seven years. Someone wasn't proving himself a lot. He's good. But he seems like he's been pretty arrogant up into this point. Yeah, um, it refusing to sign anything longer and demanding more money. I and mean, otherwise he would have gone to arbitration and signed another one to two year deal, right? Yeah. Um. So, like, this reminds me of the PK situation back when he was signing. Uh, he signed his first bridge deal for like two mil. Um, and then he was about to go into his second bridge deal. Um, through arbitration, when like on the last day of arbitration. Um, they signed him to that $9 million contract. So, But actually, looking at the PK deal and how it hit $9 million, and the Truba deal, how it hit $8 million, I could see why Bergevin was holding out. I was like, no, we can't give this guy $9 million. Yeah, That's a lot of money on the cap. Yeah. He's going to be one of the highest paid defensemen, and he still is top three. But that's, I mean, that's the thing, though, is like Subban was a Norris Trophy winner, and Subban had had... had very great uh, seasons prior to that in terms of production and kind of, I would say kind of proved himself. Um, whereas Truba is still a little iffy, I think. I mean, he's a good defenseman yeah. and he is, but is good... he top six in the league mm, right now? No, but that's just even, poten- even potential in two years. That contract puts him at the at top six, top, top six highest def- defensive um, player. Yeah. I mean, that's just what you have to pay for. I mean, I know he wasn't a free agent exactly, but that's what you pay. You have to pay a premium for these kind of players. He's a top two defenseman for sure. Um, yeah. And I really don't think, like he had a career year yes last year, but I don't think he's going to go down anytime soon playing with on a team that has Panarin, Zibanejad, um, Capocacco on their in their top line, like through daily face-off, he's expected, he's projected to play with Bushnevich, Zibanejad, Kako, Panarin, and Panarin on the top power play unit. So, but who's his defensive partner? 
because Brady Ski. Shay. Is that Brady Shay? <laughs> I mean, there's a K in Is that. that better than his defensive partner on Winnipeg? Um, yeah, I think I'd say it's about similar because like they split up him and uh, Bufflin. Yeah, Bufflin was playing sure. with Trot. Yeah. Yeah, so who was he playing with in uh, in Winnipeg? I thought it was Bufflin. I don't think it was Bufflin. They split him no, up. That's they were, was, yeah, they were playing. Why I was leading you into that. They were pay, playing Bufflin with Ben Schrott. Yeah. Maybe Morrissey? Yeah, because Bufflin was on the second pairing. So I think it yeah. was with Morrissey yeah. that he was playing with. So Morrissey's an up-and-comer. Brady Shea is an up-and-comer. Pretty similar. I don't know, man. I, I don't know. It's, it's a lot of money, for sure. But... That's what it's you, a lot of money and a first round pick. It's not just that. And a first round pick for when they traded. They had to trade. Well, they traded a first round pick. A, Neil Pionk. A decent defensive prospect. Yeah. To have an overpaid defenseman is the way. I, that's the way I'm looking at it. Is they? Yeah, he's young, so maybe you're going to get him through his best years at that money, and then within two or three years, it won't look as bad. I'd have to look at all the restricted free agents or free agents for defensemen in the next few years. See if like, if there's players that'll all just kind of like leapfrog them. Um, but yeah, I just feel like it's a bit much. I mean, he's good. I think it's going to improve the Rangers, but like I said, I just, I don't know. They got a lot of money locked up on that back end. Yeah. Eight mil for Truba, 6.65 for Shattenkirk, 5.7 for Stahl, 5.2 for Brady Shea. 4.3 for Brendan Smith. <laughs> he has a modified no-trade clause, Brendan Smith. What? <laughs> At 4.35? Yeah. Dude, there's so many players that seem to get modified trade, no-trades. And it's like, how the fuck do these players get that? Well, this Who leads me into Brendan my... Brendan Smith? <laughs> <laughs> He's a 30-year-old defenseman and left winger. How did he get 4.35 million per year and a modified no-trade clause? How is he a left winger as well? Uh, this is just, I'm just, this is what uh, Cap Friendly is telling me. Oh, he doesn't have very good stats either. <laughs> yeah, okay. Who the hell is this guy? Detroit signed him. So he was from Detroit, but. Yeah, and I'm looking at his stats right now and I'm looking like peak season, 19 points. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. They- oh, maybe it's the whole thing that the team has got. You know, Kako, they've got Panarin, now they've got Truba. That's like a, that is a big upgrade for that team. But do you guys think that's going to be enough? Like, yeah, they actually have a playoff team now. Mm, I mean, they need big years from, um, from Bushnevich. Uh, Ryan Strom as their second line center is not ideal. Um, but Philip Heedle is supposed to be coming up, so he could p- potentially become the second I- line center. I think this year they're a bubble team. Yeah. It w- it could also depend on what they get back from a Chris, potential Chris Kreider deal. Yeah, that, that's the contract that I think they have to move to make yeah. it under the, ca- under the cap. They still have to sign Bishnevich as well. He's an RFA. Yeah, and Brendan Lemieux. So they're, yeah, they're... But, I mean, I don't think they... I don't think that's going to be too difficult. It's just, yeah. Um, they're about a million or so over the cap. Yeah, this doesn't Already. make them contenders. No. But yeah, I think I think like John said, they'll be they'll be a bubble team. What do you guys think of uh what, what do you think Kappa's gonna do that in his first year? Uh, rookies have been surprising in the past mm-hmm. few years. Normally I would say, I don't know, fifty points. 
<laughs> it's a safe yeah. bet. You probably get a lot of playing time. He's supposed to be like 100% ready for the NHL. So, I mean, he looked, uh, he looked it in the World Championship. Do you, do you think he'll play on the top line? Panarin, Zibanejad, Kako? I think at some point during the year, potentially. Yeah. I'd start him there. What if I'd probably, I'd, I'd put him with, with Panarin for sure. Yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah. He's played with know, men before. 60, 70 points. Men. Yeah, he's like, you know, a teenager. He's played with men before. Unless you want to diversify your offense. Yeah. It would, yeah, it, it, it depends on how good Capo is at uh, creating his own offense in his own yeah. space, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't really watch World Juniors or anything like that, so I don't really know. World Championships, man. Sure. <laughs> he, he ran that shit. He was in the world junior. Well, how too. how well do you guys think Jack Hughes is going to do with uh, Taylor Hall? You Not think, as well as Capo. You think he's going to? I think he'll do better. Yeah, you think he's going to take over that top spot over Hishier? Uh, maybe not this year. Not over Hishier, but he's going to be close. I think he's going to be. They'll have like a one A one B type situation. Yeah. Daily Faceoff has Hughes as the top line center and Hishier as the third line center. Third. Yeah. Second, Zajac. I mean, I don't take I don't take what Daily Faceoff has as yeah. like. Well, right now it's just a big deal mm-hmm. because they haven't signed all their players yeah. and everything. There's a lot of shit that's up in the air. Yeah, I stopped uh, paying attention when they didn't update. I think they have they have Carl Osner on Mon- on Montreal's roster still, and they haven't updated with Bench Rod on it. So I think they're probably just not updating it for the summer or something. Mm. Oh yeah, I see. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's a steep price to pay, but, you know, you got to pay a premium for these kind of players. And it's just, um, you just see it go up and up, you know, the the cap hits for these talented, but, you know, not superstar players. Um, I mean, he has the potential to be a superstar. That's the thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Which is... Well, I don't know. I don't know. Jacob Truba... I guess yeah, he's only twenty five. He could get there. Has he made an all star team? I feel I like he hasn't. So. No, because I think they would have always sent Buffer mm-hmm. ahead of him, and then Liner yeah. would have been a forward that would have put ahead. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, he could do that. But uh, but that that's a good lead into um, your thought on. Uh, wait, didn't you say that last time, John, about Bergevin's uh, offer sheet, <laughs> his hidden agenda? <laughs> I don't think I did. Oh, okay. Because uh, it was a, it was, it yeah, it hadn't happened yet. Right. Okay. Yeah. You must have told <laughs> me at the wedding then. The long time. Yeah. In the so, past. yeah. <laughs> um, Back to the future. So, I don't know how that leads into that at all. That, how, <laughs> I don't get your segue. How stars, uh, how the cap hit keeps <laughs> moving up and up for each star. Dude. Oh, okay. That's a bit of a stretch, but. <laughs> okay. I didn't get it either. I was like, there was a lot of calculations on my desk after you said something. I was like, what is he talking about? Yeah. So we, uh, we as a as your hungry for hockey talk team, haven't had a chance to really um, discuss our thoughts on uh, on free agency. I feel like we're jumping, but and we're not gonna. Yeah, we're not gonna go over it because that's that was weeks ago, and you don't you like you're probably analyzed to death about all of those 
ridiculous signings and good what's signings. More, and... What's three idiots' opinions going to be? It's not going to change. Anything. Yeah, really. Eh? But so, <laughs> but I do have this thought, or I had this, I had this theory about Mark Bergevin's offer sheet, and so I believe that Mark Bergevin offered such a ridiculous offer sheet um, with the plan on uh, getting him to sign it. And, and like, I don't think the rest of the league is mad at Bergevin because he offered it. It was like such a low offer trying to, I guess, stabilize the RFA market a little bit um, and bring it down a little bit than what the, than what the media is kind of reporting. So I feel like, in offering that $8.45 million contract to Ajo, Ajo, um, he was basically cooling the RFA market a little bit and probably winning, trying to, and probably winning some favors with, uh, with other GMs. That's, that's, that's a conspiracy theory, but that's, uh, that's what I got for you. You think he colluded with other GMs? I mean, (laughs) you think he just (laughs) acted alone? Like the rogue MVP that he is. <laughs> He's pretty I think rogue. he actually made a really prudent decision as a GM yeah. because they know they need a top center. They only have so much cap space. So if you pay him too much, then you're going to lose him. And then if you pay him too much, when Kakanyemi and all their other UFAs start popping up, they're going to be like, well, you're paying this guy, you know, $9 million or $10 million or whatever it took to get him. And you've gave up all these draft picks as well to get him. So why am I not at least worth, you know, this much? Because I've been on the team since the beginning as well. Like I'm like a loyal, you know, one of your foundational players. Um, And also like, I don't think it's in his best interest if he gave him much more than that. Because like their cap space right now, 4 million. They have to drop. Well, that was player. that was before. Like, so he had he had he had somewhere he had enough space to sign him to a ten million dollar contract because he had moved out Andrew Shaw that day or the day before. But who did he? But he still had to sign like his other players. If he if he had signed him, yeah, he had to sign Joel Armia and Arturi yeah, Lekkinen. But, um, he signed Nick Cousins to a one million dollar contract. When I looked at it, like when he first did it, if he had signed him much more above that, then he would have had to get rid of some player to make it work. So he'd be losing a player to gain the player plus the draft picks. Plus it would have been, if it was more, it would have been like two firsts and a second and a third. So I think he, he made a contract decision that would have been legitimately good and it wouldn't have set back his team. They have 12 picks saved yeah. up for the next but draft. But they're not all first round picks. Like they're not, they're not all worth the same. He would have lost his two most important picks and a huge chunk of his cap space for this player. Like I think he did that because this fits I mean, in his cap structure Aho would be worth it. That's all he's willing to do. <laughs> and if it works, it works. If it doesn't work, then oh well. Like it's not worth crippling your team just to get a player, is what I'm saying. No, yeah, and I I, I appreciate your thought too. It's like you're bringing this player in, and you're only going to lose one of your players down the road because he's essentially replacing that roster spot, right? Yeah. So like with that money. Like if if someone to uh, someone were to offer sheet uh, line A for example, um, great you have this amazing goal scoring uh, right winger, but that contract space is now gone for like Montreal could use could use Patrick Line A, but now um, like do you sign? What happens to 
Nick Suzuki in the future. What happens to Max Domi, who's up in a year? Thomas Tatar, all these yeah, guys. I don't think Tatar is going to. That's why I just Sterling. I don't think Tatar is going to be there long term. I think once his contract is up, I don't think they're going to resign him. Yeah, but you get the the gist yeah. of. I'm just what saying Sterling's that it, saying it here, ju- right? juices up all your contracts. It's exactly what happened in Toronto. They paid one person a ton of money. Now everyone's getting it. Same thing in Edmonton. They paid McDavid a ton of money. Drysaddle is like, well, you got to boost me up. I mean, that's what essentially had a ripple effect in the rest of the league, which is why we have so many $11 million mm-hmm. players. But that Drysaddle contract, looking that back on it, like I remember <laughs> at the time, yeah, I remember at the time we're like, oh, this is bad news. But like looking at it now, we're like, whoa, that's a steal. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I never thought that. Drysaddle's a star, man. I know. He's a stud. But before that, like, what did Pasternak sign for? He's only like six points something. Yeah, six point eight or something. <laughs> yeah, the second yeah. Edmonton broke the bank with McDavid, it just had yeah. a huge effect in the entire league. Yeah, it was definitely. Yeah, I mean, Matthew Kachuk has even stated that. Oh, Matthew's signing that five-year con. Like, you might not even see all these um these full-term eight-year extensions anymore. Yeah, that five-year mm-hmm. contract. So he got he got the money mm-hmm. and he got the term. And like that has thrown the whole. That's why people aren't. Signing and you'll right have now. another big contract that, like, that changes. You'll hit twenty seven, exactly. and you'll be able yeah. to sign another twelve million or whatever the fuck the cap is. Like, like Johnny then. T. Yeah, but he's he signed a six million dollar <laughs> before that. He had a really low contract, and he signed. Yeah, a no, but I meant like I mean at the time. Yeah, the, enter free agency again good. when you're twenty seven. Yeah, the time. Like yeah, yeah. So yeah, man, like. I mean, kudos to the players because, you know, they're getting their due. They're getting paid. Because, um, like, you know, these owners make have been making all this money for so long. It's about time that uh, the players get their due, their slice of the pie. But, I mean, I, I think at a certain point you got to look at how your team is structured and, and you know, um, divide that pie up a little bit so that you can have a contending team. Right, because like you can't just play you you can't just pay like three players, um, fifty percent of your cap space and expect to. You know what I mean? It's not like the it's not the NBA. You could try. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> well, you're just. But so that's the thing. That's the thing, though, is like if you're going to be paying these guys like a thir- these three guys a third of their of your cap space, you got to play them. Like like that, you have to ride these guys. You have to give them twenty two minutes, twenty three minutes a night. Okay, Minnesota. Like, well, that I mean, that's that's it. That's I mean, that's the only way you're going to be able to uh, be successful. Yeah, I mean, what are you, you have are to you have a Minnesota a success? No, but you have to. No, you have to take your best players. Have to absolutely be your best players. Is what John for sure. If they're yeah, not, sure. and you're paying them that much, it just cripples your team. And the other thing too is like your team, your contracts are shit at the first signing and two, three mm-hmm. years is when they get really good. But because now they're shorter, you'll only have two or three years of that contract actually being good and your team being more viable where you have a lot more flexibility unless you have a super le- super good draft um, history and you just have like a trickle of young players like constantly coming in, which not a lot of teams have and the ones that do seem to be you know stanley cup contenders and keep trading them all away and so they end up having like really short windows anyway 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what, what, well, speaking of Minnesota, what, <laughs> what do you guys think is going to happen with Jason Zucker? I don't know why they want to trade him. He's yeah. like one of their younger players that's productive on a decent contract, but they want to get rid of him. Yeah. He's nixed two deals that we know of. Yeah. Um, cause he, he, which is kind of funny. Cause like he nixed contending teams, like deals to contending teams. First the Flames and then Pittsburgh. No, Kessel nixed it to Minnesota. Oh, I thought, oh. Oh. Yeah. Okay. I don't know what the Flames won, but I know he nixed it to, or Kessel nixed it to Minnesota. Mm. I think Kessel's from around Minnesota, so they were yeah, like, that's... Oh, maybe he'll want to go there. And then yeah, he's he like, is. fuck you. Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> Not with that roster. You know where I want to go? Where everyone wants to go. Arizona. <laughs> I'm so I'm, stoked. For I was that, happy man. about that too. I was like, man, he chose yeah. them. Like, that's great. <laughs> you know, the Coyotes, the Coyotes need that, man. They need a star. Their ticket sales have already started. Yeah, like that. 600%. Yeah, yeah. It 600% for Phil Kessel. That's crazy. That's amazing. I can't wait for, for Phil Kessel hot dog day. We should, we should do a road trip down there. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> that'd be so they, funny. Seem, they seem like a team that would do that too. <laughs> yeah. And the fans would get really into it. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Totally. Hot dog for Phil. <laughs> but yeah, see, like this this team is so head scratch. Like it's it's just Minnesota. It, yeah, it makes no sense. Wasn't Why he the give- G- Wasn't he the GM that was like so stressed out or upset that the way his team was playing that he said he was yeah. crying himself to sleep like a baby? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's our leader. That's and then the he gives. And then he gives Matt Zuccarello, a thirty-one-year-old Matt Zuccarello, a five-year, six-million-dollar deal with a no-movement clause. That's a really that's one of those top worst signings. Like what of are you this, doing? Of this free agency. You're trying to trade Jason Zucker, and then you sign Matt Zuccarello <laughs> for more. Four years younger, five hundred grand more, a year extra for Zuccarello. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't get it. What are they doing? Yeah. I can't like, answer that. Even, their team doesn't <laughs> even look that bad. I literally can't answer it. Right? Like, their team doesn't look that bad. It's but just it Parise can't be, can't stay healthy. Yeah, um, when he is God, healthy, does he play on... Six years left. <laughs> does he play higher than the third line? Usually, yeah. Yeah, when he's healthy, he does. But like because he was out, they just stuck him on the third line because they didn't want to push him too much. Because he's got six years left on his deal at seven point <laughs> five three eight million dollars, and he's thirty four. Can you taste that cap recapture? Yeah. I... Sorry, it's with just... that cap, re... how does that work? You have to. I'd have to get the calculator out for it, but you, yeah. they basically add up the money that they saved on paying the cap because they paid him a lot of money. But then they spread it out over all these years. Right. And then the years that he doesn't play, they have to make up for the cap that they gained in all the previous years. You know what I mean? So the longer he plays, the the worse the cap recapture penalty gets. Because oh. if he retires in the last year, they have to make up for all like, I think, nine or 10 years or something, however long that deal was. Because that's what happened um, in, with in the one year. That's what happened with Luongo, right? Yeah, but Luongo Luongo's cap recapture is three million spread over three years. Right? right. If he retired in the last year, it'd be nine million for one year. Jesus Christ! Oh shit! 
Yeah. So him retiring this year officially was the best thing that could have happened because they could have right. done it next year. It would have been uh, four and a half. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. So in actual salaries, Zach Parise is supposed to make $9 million next year. Yeah. His cap hit is just at 7.538. But, but his- can we say it was a really good thing when the league like put a, an eight-year okay. max on yeah. contracts? Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Sorry, Wild fans. We didn't mean to bring that up, but <laughs> yeah, and they have. Two I'm looking at Ryan Suter too, and he like he's yeah. had some pretty tough minutes throughout his career, mm-hmm. and he's 34, and he's still. I mean, he's still their guy, mm-hmm. but he won't be for for that much longer. Like how much longer? Like three years max? Maybe. For Suter, maybe two for Parise. I mean, look at Kessler. Like, he's fucking gone, man. Yeah. Well, yeah. He uh, Didn't you retire? No. <laughs> he hasn't retired yet? I don't think so. Oh, I don't think he I can. He, did. he can voluntarily he... retire, and, and they can, you can voluntarily retire and have your uh, contract destroyed if you want. Mm. But you have to be willing to go, yeah, I, I don't want 10 million bucks. Fuck that. Yeah, I mean. No one's going to do that. They'd be like, just put me on the injured reserve or play me. Oh, right. The LTIR, LTI, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, because he can't play anymore. Because yeah, right? like, his hips are pretty messed up. He's got yeah. $6.8 million for three years, Kessler. Yeah. That quick, but... Jesus. He's still there. Yeah, as much <laughs> as I don't like the guy, I, I do feel a little sorry for him because that's, that's not a good way to end your career. Yeah. But, you know... That's why you play I play hard, and that's what happens, right? Well, that's why when I see older players that's that are like, "No, I want a three-year deal," and they're you know like thirty-four, I'm like, dude, I don't think you really want to do Tukowski? that. <laughs> Shh. <laughs> <What's going on? laughs> well, he's going to be great. Pavelski's still going to be good, I think, especially on Dallas for all three years. All three uh, years, yeah. I mean, why not? He was never the fleetest of foot. I know, but I mean, how unless, how often have we seen uh, players just fucking vanish all of a sudden one year? Like, I mean, could, I suppose, but I don't think that'll happen when he's playing on with either Jamie Ben or Sagan or Radulov. Yeah, Jamie Ben, Tyler Sagan, Joe Pavelski—that's the line, man. Father yeah. Time does not give a shit who your line mates are. <laughs> <laughs> he just needs to get in front of the net, man. He's one of the best tippers in the in the league. Yeah, or he is mm-hmm. the best tipper, arguably. Maybe, but his eyesight's going to go, and then he. Were you his clock. server? Is that how how you know that, Grant? Oh, mm, oh <laughs> good one, John. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, how about the Chicago Blackhawks, though, guys? We haven't talked about them at all, but they've made a lot of moves this off season. Um, they've completely oh, they- revamped their their defensive pairings. Uh, they traded Dominic Cahoon and a fifth-round pick to the Pittsburgh Penguins to acquire Olimata. Um, some of these moves are kind of a little what? bit... Head-scratchers. Yeah. Um, they did acquire Calvin DeHaan, which I liked, um, for Anton Forsberg and Gustav Forsling. Um, Keep going. Another guy, Alexis Sarella, went the other way too. They reacquired Andrew Shaw from the Montreal Canadiens. Um, they acquired Alexander Nylander for Henry Yokiharu, one for one. That was one of the, what? that was what I was confused about a little bit. 
Um, and then most recently they acquired Zach Smith for Artem Anisimov, who's going to the Ottawa Senators. Uh, they also signed Robin Lehner for $5 million on a one-year deal, which is a steal. I don't know, man. Like This team has potential, but th- there are some... I was confused by a few of the moves. Do you guys have thoughts on that? I think they're a wild card team. Like they're probably going to be in the bubble. They could be good enough to make the playoffs. Well, so didn't they could, um, they could just miss? Didn't Taves have like a really great year last season? Yeah, he yeah. like he came out of nowhere. And didn't Kane have also a really great year? Well, Kane's just been consistent throughout his entire. Career. And what about Debrinket? Debrinket yeah. had a had a breakout season. <laughs> so my so did Strom. my point is. These core guys have break have really solid seasons. Mm-hmm. Like they're your leaders, and they didn't make the playoffs. So they're reshuffling. I'm not sure if it's going to make a difference. I know yeah. you're you're saying that those players had some resurgent years. They played really good. The odds of them doing it again aren't that good. Because well, even if they do it again, rest a little bit, they'll need to. But no, I'm, be better. Yeah. Even if they do it again, the rest of the team has to be better for them to make yeah. it. Yeah. And if they don't do it, mo- most likely, like if they just, even if Taves has 70 points instead of 81, um, and they move, he moves back a little bit, that means the players that were replaced have to be that much better than uh, the players that they replaced, basically. Right. And the only like solid improvement that I can see being made is adding Robin Leonard because Crawford was injured a lot last season, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's like they the only have real a lot of good. They have a lot of good defensive prospects. Yeah. Which, which could make so a like big Gustafson, difference. Eric Gustafson had a breakout year as well, which is probably why they got rid of Yoki Haru. But again, he was a standout um, at the World Championships playing for Finland. And um, he's only like 21, I think. The story with him is that. When he first signed, or when they first got him, um, Quenville didn't like him, and they didn't want him. And so then... Are you? Yeah. Okay. And then they got... I can't remember their current coach, that that young dude. Colleton? Okay, so he steps in, and he wasn't sold on him either. And some of their best scouts are still not sold on him. Hmm. So he played a little bit last year. He was okay for a while, but then he regressed, and they sent him down. So they were thinking that he's that was probably the best he's going to play. None of them are really sold on him, so maybe we could trade him for something that might be more useful to them. Yeah. Which is what they think Nylander is doing just because he hasn't had success with whatever Boston's minor team is. Buffalo. Or Buffalo's minor team. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I like the upside that Nylander brings. He just never got a chance in Buffalo, really. Um. So it would be it'd be good to see him in that top six, see what he can do with either Taves and Saad or um, Strom and Debrinkit. But I think as of right now, Debrinkit, Strom, and Patrick Kane are going to be aligned because uh, they played most of the season la- together last year. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. Like I, th- I think this team could make the playoffs. Uh, you know, like their their defensive. Their defense is, is a lot better now than it was before. Adding Calvin DeHaan and Olimata, you get more NHL experience. 
uh, and Robin Lehner is going to bring a lot to this team. Andrew Shaw is probably going to be motivated to come back and be healthy. So we'll see how that goes. I mean, he might be motivated to stay healthy, but, but will he stay healthy? The question, too, is the division they're in. So Chicago has to play better yeah. than Colorado, Dallas, St. Louis, Winnipeg, or Nashville. Yeah, that's a tough division. I mean, sure. holy shit. Like, Winnipeg will probably decline this year a bit. Yeah. Especially if they don't sign line A. <laughs> or Connor. Everybody uh, wants Connor. They'll sign them. Isn't that right, Sterling? Yeah. Connor, man, the top RFA right now. <laughs> like, I don't understand why. More than Mika Renta? Signed him. Or Rentanen? Yeah, yeah, he's a center. You think you think Connor's going to show up to training camp if he doesn't get a? a Why would contract? he? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I don't he know. Get in, he could get injured, right? Like that doesn't <laughs> not be in his best interest. Wait, 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 wait! Connor is not better than Brock Besser. Yo, you can't offer sheet Brock oh, yeah. Besser. Oh, that's true. You can't offer offer sheet Besser. Oh, why? Because he's arbitration eligible, or he didn't play enough games in his first year. Because he only oh. played the like nine or something games, yeah, in his first year. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think we've uh, if we've reached our content limit. We've uh, talked about uh, <laughs> all of the available RFAs. Okay, yeah, all the <laughs> all the important ones, all the important, all the important ones, all the major yeah. ones. Except yeah. for point. <laughs> oh, Braden oh, yeah. yeah. Point still isn't signed. Oh, yet. there you go. Wierenski, but one. he's a defenseman, so there's no conflict there. Wierenski can't be offer sheeted either? No, no he's I'm just, just a defense, defenseman. So it's a different comparison. Oh, like, to, yes. to offer sheet a defenseman, like, I don't know. Plus, Columbus so gonna is going to match it no matter what. Yeah. <laughs> because they have, <laughs> they have nothing, nothing else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel bad for Columbus. <laughs> they actually have a really good skeleton of a team, but they need yeah. like another superstar basically to pump them. Like a Matt Duchesne? Yeah, that would be pretty sweet. Uh, maybe, uh, oh, it's too bad they, they couldn't uh, leer Artemi Panarin. He would have been, been great on that team. would have looked pretty good there, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Great fit for their cap future and everything. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're missing a goaltender too. <laughs> Oh, we were pretty savage today, boys. That's rust. I think it's rust. Yeah. Dog days of summer. Because, yeah, we're being mean because we're jaded. We miss hockey. (laughs) (laughs) Should we wrap this up? Yeah. Boys? Sure, dude. Cool. Well, I think that about does it for us. (laughs) As you can tell, we're... um, we're out of things to talk about so the sun's out man i need to go play yeah i want to go outside yeah let's do it water my tomato plant oh that's nice <laughs> so we will catch you guys next week then i suppose um hopefully there'll be more news coming out with these rfas getting signed we don't know if not we'll find someone else to talk about yeah exactly our new hobby maybe we'll yeah, maybe we'll talk to someone so that you don't have to listen to this <laughs> <laughs> biting at each other. But uh, yeah, that about does it for us. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you're still here for whatever reason, uh, we appreciate your ears. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you next week. Anything else that we're missing here? 
Oh, social media. Catch us on social media. We're on Twitter and Facebook at HFXT Podcast. Give us a follow. Share us with your friends. We do appreciate all that. Um, Bring your mom. Yeah. Thanks, John. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think it was a pretty good episode, boys. We'll catch you guys all next week. See you later.